This podcast is sponsored by Smartsheet, the cloud-based work management platform and best-kept secret of more than half the Fortune 500 companies. Learn more at smartsheet.com slash cross-cutting concerns. How the app get made, explain your trade, what you love to do every day, the ins and outs of what your code's about, or the passion you know you can't live without. How's your data stored or sorted, transformed or imported? Let's chat a bit at a conference, and if it's cool, may we record it? What framework do you like the best? Explain to us your unit test. Do you have a tip for JavaScript or a dev kit that we can tinker with? A process, a methodology, in-depth, no apologies. Step up your code, stay on your toes, cross-cutting concerns. You're listening to the Crosscutting Concerns podcast. I'm your host, Matt Groves. Please visit the site at crosscuttingconcerns.com where you can subscribe, browse the archives, contact me, read show notes, and leave a comment. I'm recording this podcast on June 19th, 2018. My guest today is a regional manager with Teals K-12, through Jake Taylor. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, thanks, man. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for being on the show. I was briefly introduced to Teals, very briefly introduced, at a user group I was at in Detroit. Now, I don't remember all the details, but could you maybe just give a quick introduction to what Teals is? So at its core, Teals is a program. It's, we're funded by Microsoft Philanthropies, and in a couple locations, the, the cost is sort of shared locally with a partner. But the mission of Teals is to basically build the capacity of, of teachers across the United States to teach computer science. We have tons of amazing teachers out there, but a lot of them don't have a background in development, software development or computer science. And since it's probably not realistic that we're going to get hundreds or thousands of software developers to leave their jobs and come teach the subject, we at Teals are trying to do our best to equip teachers who, who want to learn to teach computer science with the skills they need. The way we do that is we pair teachers with software developers. Classes are always first period, but we ask software developers to come in two mornings a week and support a local teacher. And the range of support can go from what we call lab support, which is sort of like a TA in the back of the classroom kind of providing that extra support, all the way up to what we call a co-teach uh, model in which the, the first year the, the software developer is, is delivering the content. And, you know, the teachers in the room learning and, and supporting and gradually taking over more responsibility. You know, we have, we have different levels of support based on, you know, the teacher's background and comfort level with the subject. So how did you first get involved with Teals and, and why did you get involved with Teals? My sort of journey to Teals is, is kind of a random one actually. Actually I started out working at Morgan Stanley. I thought I wanted to be uh, in investment banking of some kind. That turned out not to be my career path. I, you know, I did the analyst program, but I, I ended up being a volunteer in Harlem at a, at a high school, or sorry, at a middle school. Fell in love with kids and fell in love with teaching. I taught for five years, three of those in, in Harlem and then two in, in Cleveland, which is where I'm based now. And I, I went to grad school. I studied education policy. And when I was there, you know, the smartest people, you know, I knew I had met either knew something about programming or were, were teaching themselves some programming, taking a Coursera course online, all sorts of things that they were doing to equip themselves for the world they knew was out there. I was painfully aware of the fact that like the students that I taught, uh, honestly, and even the where I grew up, like that wasn't on my radar. My students, A, didn't have access to computer science, but B, they, I don't think they necessarily got to see themselves as computer scientists, whether it was through the people they were around or the, the schools they were in, but they, there wasn't a lot of access to computer science. And I just, you know, I didn't think that was fair. And I, I really do believe that these skills and competencies are, are really important. And maybe plan on becoming a principal of some kind. But when I heard that there was a program trying to help high schools across Northeast Ohio, which is, which is home for me, to start intro and AP computer science classes, I, you know, I said, sign me up. And when I heard there was sort of a public private sector 
focused. That also super excited me. You know, I loved my time in the classroom, but I also thought the perspective that I brought from, you know, those couple of years I worked at the bank really did add value to my teaching. And so I think the idea of, of bringing folks right from the field into the class, both to support the teacher, but and to provide some context for the students is, it was a great idea. And I basically said, you know, if you'll take me, sign, sign me up to help this. It sounds like you took an interesting path to education there. In the last year, there's been a lot of discussion, controversy, arguments about this assertion. I'm not sure where this originally came from, but there's been lots of different people saying that everyone should learn to code. That seems like a, a pretty strong assertion. You know, what are your thoughts on that? I think my, the first thought that comes to my mind is if you want to learn to code, everyone should have access to that opportunity. You know, I think that is at the root of it is what got me into this work. And I think it's a lot of what drives Teals. You know, we aren't out there saying high school A, you must offer this class and you must offer it to everybody. But we do think that every school should offer it to the kids who want to take the class. I will say, though, I do really think that like if we're going to prepare kids for the world they're going to be a part of and contributing to, you know, I think we're doing them a disservice if we don't help them kind of understand the technology that is very much impacting their lives. I don't necessarily think that has to be through coding, right? Like there's an entire course out there called computer science principles, right? And it's like, what is the internet? How does big data work? Uh, what is internet security, right? Like sort of a broader survey course of like, hey, what is computer science and how is it affecting my life? And given that, is this something I'd like to dive into via coding? If so, great. If not, we still think you're a better person for having taken the class in which you kind of start to understand the the concepts, um, you know, the, the computer science concepts that are affecting your life. So you kind of introduced this a little bit. What does Teals look like at a school? But could you maybe go into more more detail about that? Is it an elective? Is it extracurricular? Is this part of a normal, you know, a normal school curriculum that has computer classes already? Or what, what does that actually look like? So I guess first and foremost, so, so, so Teals is, is a support mechanism, right? Like our, our underlying goal is to support the, the building of capacity of teachers to teach computer science. What we support are computer science classes. And what that looks like is, you know, this is a this is a full-on AP computer science class that would meet the whole year. There are actually two AP computer science classes out there. One is that computer science principles course, and one is AP CSA, which is basically AP Java. Uh, so, so those are the courses that are out there. So we we support those courses, and we also support an intro to computer science. It's really like an intro to programming that uses a block-based programming language called Snap. From a like, hey, if I'm in a Teals class, what does it look like? It looks like the class will always be first period because our volunteers, you know, are going to go from class to their job. So we always ask schools to have a first period. Typically, it meets every day, just like any other class that's preparing you for the AP test. And the other thing I think that really is an interesting piece, if you're in a Teals class, is our our classes are intentionally designed to be six, 25% lecture, and lecture does not have to be me just standing there and delivering, but there's 25% of which like this information is being shared, and 75% of that class is, is you know learning by doing, right? Kids are in labs, kids are on their computers, kids are doing work and not just listening to you know their teacher sort of stand in the room and deliver the content. Do we cover already the TEALS? What's, what's the acronym actually stand for? Technology, Education, and Literacy in Schools. And it started in 2009 by a developer at Microsoft uh, trying to kind of help uh, the, the community start computer science classes. He had been a computer science teacher and came in before work to a, to a school that was needing some support. And, you know, that just sort of snowballed. Another school called and said, hey, Kevin, can you come here next? And, you know, that, that's kind of how we got to where we are today. But at its core, Teals, yeah, it's technology, education, and literacy in schools. So we talked about what Teals looks like and, and some of the things you're trying to accomplish there. What are sort of the broader goals with Teals, and, and what does success look like to you in terms of like an individual student's ultimate 
success if that you know if teals is valuable to them what does that look like how do you how do you measure that i guess is what i'm getting at we do a pre and post survey for the students the volunteers and the teachers and so our measure of success at, at its core our measure of success is at the end of teals right whether you're in teals for a year or two years or maybe that additional third that the, the teacher of the class gives us the thumbs up that says i feel comfortable leading this class on my own when push comes to shove, our main goal is that the teacher is able to teach the class without us, and we can go help another teacher get ready. Their ability to independently teach the class is is one of our most important objectives. The second objective, you know, again, there's, there's many, but another objective is is the student, right? So we ask the student, like, how comfortable are you with computer science at the beginning and at the end? You know, and our, our hope is that they feel more comfortable with computer science. There may be a greater orientation towards considering computer science as a major, but the, the, again, the truth is, like, if they don't become a computer scientist, but they, they have a deeper understanding of the subject, we certainly would still consider that a success. You've said computer science multiple times now. My bachelor's was in computer science. But that can sometimes mean different things to different schools and different people. What are the concepts that are taught in these TEALS programs typically? Is, I mean, is it like logic, math, you know, proofs, the, the pure computer science stuff? Or is, it, is there any practical hands-on tooling, like here's how you use Visual Studio, here's how you some sort of you know, Vim or things like that? Or is there some sort of mix in between? What, what's that look like? Our intro class uses what's called block-based programming, and it's an intro to programming. And it covers actually a lot of this... It was kind of designed as a as a like skill builder that a student could take before they took this AP Java course. So the the concepts are are relatively similar. The, the Java course is much more syntax based, whereas the the intro classes uses the they would call drag and drop programming. You know, where you snap instead of calling it a loop or a for loop. You know, we have like a repeat block, right? And the repeat block still repeats several times and has a counter, just like a for loop. But you know, it, it's sort of a more I call it a approachable version uh, for a first time computer scientist. The topics that are covered range from everything from just what is a string, what is a variable, what is an if-then statement, what is a for loop, what is a while loop. You know, we get to lists and arrays, there's a little bit of recursion, you know, and all that stuff sort of shows up in both the intro and the Java class, the Java class going a much deeper and, and, and much more syntax focused. And then the computer science principles course so we don't actually have a specific course. We support several. We kind of vet the computer science principles courses, and there's just a lot of folks out there who have really good curriculum. In Cleveland, we're using a program called Mobile CSP, which is out of MIT. And the students, again, kind of cover those basic, those, sorry, those like fundamental areas of, of what is the internet, what is big data, what is internet security, and all of those different topics. But they also do a little program called App Inventor, where they, they're able to use actually block-based programming to create their own apps uh, and you know the idea is sort of like let them see the fruits of their labor and, and like how they can turn computer science and, and programming into a real usable tangible thing very cool so this next question i've got is a bit of a devil's advocate question so just bear with me on sure. this now you mentioned earlier that teals is supported by microsoft does this mean that all your students and teachers are being brainwashed and conditioned to buy and use microsoft tooling exclusively <laughs> I don't think there's any research that says there's been an increase in uh, tablet sales, Microsoft tablet <laughs> sales, since we've started. Like, I, have, I have no research to back that up. No, in all, in all honesty, like we we are hardware agnostic, right? We are relatively software agnostic. And I say relatively, I just mean like, hey, if program needs to get to this website, like it's got to get to that website. But they're not Microsoft websites. You know, it's it's whatever website the course uses. But we just support the courses that are out there, right? AP Java is the, the AP class that's out there. It's officially APCSA. But people say, why do you do Java and not .NET, right? Or why do you do this class and not that? And we say, hey, these are the, these are the menu of classes that are out there for schools. And we want to help them offer those classes. We are not out there to, to redirect or, or nudge people towards 
certain courses or certain programming languages. We want to just sort of help schools where they are, and and we are not trying to push whether it's software or hardware for Microsoft. Most of my listeners, I think, are tech professionals, mostly developers. If they like what they're hearing about your program, what would be your call to action for them? I, I think there's sort of two spaces here. If you live in a community where your high school does not have computer science, uh, or you think they could offer more computer science or more rigorous computer science, you know, my call to action in that space would be to, hey, look up Teals, right? So Google Teals, tealsk12.org is our website. And encourage their, encourage your schools to sign up and get the support they need so that they can offer these classes. And I think, too, if you're like, hey, how can I specifically get involved? If you have a background in programming, we would love to pair you with a high school classroom and teacher so that you could support them. The ask of any volunteer is, is two mornings a week. Classes are always first period. Uh, what time first period starts obviously varies by school. But on average, you know, you're starting sometime or between 8 and 9, and your class is somewhere between 40 and 55 minutes. It, it's a heavy ask, but it's a meaningful ask is kind of what I always say. It's not showing up once a month or, or you know, on some holiday. Like, it is two mornings a week for the school year. But at the end of the year, like, you'll have a classroom full of kids that got to take a class that they otherwise may never have gotten to take. And, and on top of that, you're, you're setting up a school to have a program a computer science program for a long time to come so yes in the short term you're helping those 30 kids but you know you equip a teacher with the the skills of teachers class over the course of the next decade you know you're probably helping hundreds if not thousands of students excellent so i've got a couple more questions for you but right now it's time to play the game that's sweeping the nation <laughs> that's right ladies and gentlemen it's time for your favorite game from cross-cutting concerns where the question is is it a JavaScript framework or something we just made up? <laughs> now, here's your host, Matt Grove. Thanks, Joe. Jake, they give JavaScript libraries awfully funny names these days. So in this game, I'm going to list three names of JavaScript libraries. And the goal of this is you to tell me which ones you think are real and which ones you think are fake. Real means they're listed on npmjs.com at the time of this recording. And just to keep things interesting, if you get all three of these correct, you're going to win a $5 gift card. Now, uh, before we were talking, and you're not terribly familiar with JavaScript, and, and your, your background is more as a math teacher than as a programmer. Is that, is that correct? That is, that is correct. I, I am deep into learning Java, but I would not, I would not classify myself as a, as a full-on programmer yet. Okay, and then... So my advice to you is that in, in the past, most of the people who win this game are actually not really into JavaScript uh, development. So I think you get a pretty good chance, even though you may not be familiar with NPM or, or JavaScript, things like that. All right. Bring it on. Bring it on. All right. So I'm going to list the three names first, and then you tell me which ones you think are real after that. Okay? Sounds All good. All right. Sounds the great. first one is Captain America. The second one is Chicken Dinosaur Footprint. And the third one is Snow Person. Do you need to hear those listed again? I think we're good. I, I wrote them okay. down. <laughs> so I'm going to go through one by one. I'm going to say Captain America is not one of okay. them. Okay. I'm going to say Chicken Dinosaur Footprint, just for the sake of this would be great, uh, is yes. All right. And I'm going to say Snow Person is also yes. So just to recap, you think Captain America is not real, Chicken Dinosaur Footprint is real, and Snow Person is real. Is that correct? Why not? Well, you're absolutely right. So you've, you've won the $5 prize. 
<laughs> I told you you had a better chance at it. So yeah, Captain America. Obviously, I, I made that up. It's the name of a superhero. Ch Chicken Dinosaur Footprint is a code reorganizer tool. It's a real name. <laughs> and uh, Snow Person is a little unclear what it does, but it, it represents a person who makes a git commits. So there you go. You got it all right. You're going to get a five right. card sent your way. And <laughs> just for the listeners, if you have suggestions for odd-sounding JavaScript libraries, real or fake, please send those along to crosscuttingconcerns.com slash contact, and I might use those in a future episode. Getting back to Teals. Are there any resources you'd recommend for listeners who want to learn more about Teals and what you do? Yeah, so I'd, I'd definitely recommend just going on to tealsk12.org. There's an FAQ page. You know, there's an entire section for volunteers, perspective, and current. Obviously, these folks would, would be looking at the perspective page. But for over the last nine years, you know, we, we've kind of run into lots of different questions. And, and we've also made a lot of videos and, and resources for, for people trying to just better understand the program, both from their level as a volunteer and also from the school's level uh, as somebody who might be taking on a course. So highly recommend taking, taking a look. And also feel free to email me. My email is jake at tealsk12.org. More than welcome to email me if you, you have a question about the role of the volunteer. And, and if you're not located in Northeast Ohio, uh, where I am, you know, we, we are in 31 states, I believe. It's 31 states, yep, across the United States. So, you know, happy to connect you with somebody else in, in your region. Is there anything else you'd like to promote as we wrap up the show? I'd just like to say thanks. The thing that has been great for me is just, I'd just like to promote the software developers out there who really have done so much just this year in Cleveland and across the country because they're, they're passionate and somebody opened the door for them to find out about computer science and kind of make this a reality for them. And, and they just with open arms come into this space to try to provide that same opportunity for students in Cleveland and across the country. So, you know, I really just like to put a spotlight on them and say, say thank you. My guest today has been Jake Taylor. Thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Cross-cutting concerns. This has been the Cross-cutting concerns podcast produced and recorded by Matt Groves 2018. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and leave a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you downloaded this podcast. For show notes, please go to crosscuttingconcerns.com. This episode is recorded under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. Hosting for this episode was made possible in part by Microsoft. This week's podcast is brought to you by Smartsheet. Are your projects pulled off like band-aids? You need Smartsheet. No more pain, just simple, collaborative work management in the cloud from a beautiful UI. Learn more at smartsheet.com slash crosscuttingconcerns. It was recorded and mixed with the help of Camtasia Recorder, Skype, and Audacity. Music is by Joe Ferg. Check out joeferg.com, J-O-E-F-E-R-G, to listen to more great music. Step up your code, stay on your toes. Step up your code, stay on your toes. Cross can concern with Matt Gross. Woo-woo.